Welcome back to this Thursday edition of Locked On Bears, brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. As always, I am your host, Lauren Cox, from Pro Football Focus and USA Today's BearsWire.com, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears talk on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Today is the mid-season Chicago Bears award show. Of course, I will be your master of ceremonies as we hand out sort of the traditional NFL awards you might see. Plus, we will throw in some special, more creative honors we've named after both famous and infamous Bears for various distinctions. We'll relive the highs and the lows from the first half of the years with trophies going out to the winners that we felt deserve it. And I think, like all award shows, we'll probably end up running a little bit too long, but I promise you'll want to stick around for some of the fun awards we have in store for the second half of the show. But first, we will start with more of the traditional NFL awards that are typically handed out at the end of the year to the best players across the league. But we'll take it to a very specific Chicago Bears lens, focusing only on the first half of the season. So I'm going to still refer to these awards as Player of the Year, but obviously we are only talking about the first eight games of the season. First up has to be perhaps the most prestigious award, but that's where you start with the NFL awards, and that is Most Valuable Player. And in the NFL context, Most Valuable Player tends to equal best player in the NFL, or at least in terms of how the awards have been handed out. It's less about value to their team and more about simply who had the most impressive season. I don't want to take it in that direction. I want to stick to more of the the meaning of the actual word valuable. Who has been the most indispensable for the Chicago Bears team in the first half of the season? Who has this team relied on the most for their success? And so for me, the most valuable player on the Chicago Bears for the first half of the season goes to Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard has been the key catalyst to the Chicago Bears winning and losing games. When you look at how their offense has been successful, they live and die on this running game. And even when their defense has done a phenomenal job to try and put points on the board and give this offense chance after chance. It's hard for me to pick individually one player on that defense that if he was taken out, the defense just wouldn't be as effective. But I think when you take Jordan Howard out of the equation for the Bears offense, you don't have someone that can handle 162 carries in the first eight games and still average four yards a carry. And, you know, as much as he hasn't been able to contribute in the passing game, when this team has a strong running game going behind Jordan Howard, this team can win games and has won games. You know, Tariq Cohen has done some exciting things, but he can't be your every down workhorse running back. And Benny Cunningham has, has some talent and can fill in that role in a pinch, but he is not going to be the one that can carry your offense to success through two quarterbacks. Jordan Howard has been this Bears offense. He is the identity of the offense. He is the backbone of the offense. 
And when the Chicago Bears have won games, particularly against Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore, you're looking at two games where the team rushed for over 200 yards. And yes, they were able to beat Carolina without a very strong running game, but that was such an exceptional defensive performance, but not one from Eddie Jackson where he becomes indispensable. This is still a very good Bears defense without any of their individual top playmakers, but this Bears offense is simply not the same without Jordan Howard in the backfield, and that is why, to me and to the academy here, he is the Chicago Bears' most valuable player from the first half of the season. And just to briefly mention, I believe the runner-up for that is Mitchell Trubisky. After you could see the quarterback change have a big effect on this offense, he has been quite valuable. But Jordan Howard is my Chicago Bears MVP from the first half of the season. You may applaud now. Next up, we have our Offensive Player of the Year award. And while I like to differentiate here that the MVP is the most valuable player, Offensive Player of the Year is going to be the best player, the person who has done the most for this offense and has provided the most talent and the most effectiveness for this offense. And so our Offensive Player of the Year award for the first half of the Chicago Bears season goes to Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen has been such a vital part of both the running and the passing game. He has been the offensive player of the year. You know, I think Zach Miller is my runner-up for the position because he has been perhaps the most consistent receiver on the team, and yet Tariq Cohen leads the team in catches and is second on the team in receiving yards, obviously second in rushing yards, but whenever he gets the ball in his hands, this offense has a chance for a big play, and I know that hasn't been as much the case as of lately, but you might recall during the Mike Glennon era, albeit short-lived, there were a lot of times when Tariq Cohen was most of the Bears' offense. It was Jordan Howard in the running game and Tariq Cohen in the passing game playing wide receiver. More recently, they've been trying to get him on like the wide receiver reverse or the end-around little fake handoffs. He threw a touchdown pass at one point. He, he's had big kickoff and punt return opportunities. He is a guy that can score for this team in a lot of different ways and do so many different things for this offense and be that weapon. Maybe it hasn't been there as of late, but over the course of eight games and potentially now moving forward, Tariq Cohen is your Offensive Player of the Year with Zach Miller getting the runner-up. Because the Bears only have five rookies from their draft class, I didn't go through a Rookie of the Year award here, but if you look around the league, Mitchell Trubisky at least has some shot here, especially with Deshaun Watson now out for the rest of the season. Obviously, it would take a pretty big second-half push in the regular season, but we've seen flashes of greatness, and we certainly feel like Trubisky will eventually put it all together. Certainly, it's it's going to take a lot, but it is still possible. You know, right now on mybookie.ag, Trubisky has 25 to 1 odds right now for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I mean, if you're confident in this young quarterback, that's not a bad take. I mean, for those not experienced with this type of thing, you bet $100 on that, you get 2500 back if Trubisky takes that Rookie of the Year award. And you know you're putting your money in the right place when you do it on mybookie.ag. 
MyBookie's been around for a number of years now, so they've built themselves a, a, a very solid reputation. But just because they've been around for a while doesn't mean that they're outdated either. They just put together a brand new mobile site. They make it really easy to bet on the go on your smartphone. It's a clean, easy user interface. Really makes the whole experience that much better. And now is really the time to try it out. When you sign up, use the promo code Locked On. One word: L O C K E D O N. Locked On, and you will receive up to a 100% match on your first deposit. Start playing and winning with live and in-game betting on top of the you know traditional spread and over/under picks. Like I said, Mitchell Trubisky, 25 to one odds on Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's got a shot at it, and my bookie is the place to put your money. The best part is they get your winnings back to you faster than anyone else, getting that money turned around in just two business days. So use the promo code LOCKEDON when you check out mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. That brings us to our next award, Defensive Player of the Year. Again, not necessarily the most valuable player, although in some senses he might be, but just the player who has been the most dominant player for this defense this year. There were a lot of good choices to try and pick from, but I think there's one man in particular who is really having a monster season and has been absolutely critical to the success of this defense. And so your first half midseason defensive player of the year for the Chicago Bears is Akeem Hicks. Hicks has just been unblockable at times in this defense coming off of his big contract extension he can do so much he's getting after the quarterback as a pass rusher he's extremely disruptive in run defense they can move him around they've played him a lot at defensive tackle in their nickel packages but they've also done some of this 4-3 defense where he play inside or out and they've even stood him up a few times at like an outside linebacker ish type of look on third down He's a versatile weapon on that defensive line. He's a leader on that defensive line, and he is an extremely well-rounded and high-performing defensive lineman, leading a group that may be a little bit thin, but he continues to play an incredible load of snaps, actually the second most of any player in the front seven this season. For a 300-pound man, he continues to be overworked and continues to play at the same high level, and for me, that makes him the defensive player of the year for the first half of the season for the Bears, with Danny Trevathan getting the runner-up simply for his multifaceted impact and the way that he has continued to play well in, in spite of the inside linebacker position around him not necessarily holding up. Continuing with our more traditional NFL awards here, we have the most improved player. And I've always kind of felt like this is a little bit of an underrated award because it does mean a lot and it has meant a lot, I think, for this Bears defense this year. There's one guy in particular that comes to mind who has made such a drastic improvement and it might not be the guy you're thinking of. The winner of the Chicago Bears most improved player from the first half of the season for me is Adrian Amos. You know, as much as Kyle Fuller has shown improvement Amos has been the guy who went from being benched last year and maybe maybe expectations were too high, but still uh, hitting near rock bottom for his career 
falling behind, you know, Harold Jones Corte and even DeAndre Houston Carson getting time on the field. Adrian Amos was sort of the lost man at this safety position last year. They signed Quinton Demps to presumably take his spot at, at, along with Eddie Jackson, you know, overhauling that safety position with two new week one starters. Adrian Amos kept his nose to the grindstone, kept working, was contributing on special teams. Quinton Demps goes down. Adrian Amos gets another shot to show this defense what he can do, and he steps in and is having a phenomenal season. He's one of Pro Football Focus's highest-graded safeties this year. He was just named to their midseason All-Pro team. He was definitely in the mix, I think, for Defensive Player of the Year here, but he is the perfect candidate for Most Improved Player. He's made in there. He has a pick six on the year. He's showing some of that, that playmaking ability that wasn't necessarily there early on. He's continuing to be a solid tackler, and he's just closing well in coverage underneath. You know, he's not being tested deep over the top a lot because that's not his role in this defense, but he's making plays against the run, he's stepping up against the pass, and he has been one of the league's better young safeties this year. And for me, that is definitely a a real cause and a perfect resume to be the Bears' most improved player of the first half of the season. And my runner-up is Mitch Unrein on the defensive line. The way he's been able to step up against the run this year, be more than just an, an average starter you want to replace. He has been a difference maker on the defensive line, and for me, he is the runner-up. But Adrian Amos's improvement has just been, I think, the most striking and impressive across the board on either side of the ball this year. Finally, we come to the last of the traditional awards before we get into the real fun ones here, and that is Coach of the Year. And we've talked a lot on this Lockdown Bears podcast about the Chicago Bears coaching staff. And you're hard-pressed to find a lot of people in Chicago that are big fans of John Fox. And so, obviously, the coach of the year here is not going to go to the head coach. And it's actually not going to go to either coordinator. The 2017 midseason coach of the year for the Chicago Bears is Ed Donatel, the defensive backs coach. The turnaround of the Bears secondary this year, as opposed to years past, has been so striking the way Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos are playing like two of the better young saviors in the NFL. You've got Prince Amukamara playing shutdown cornerback on one side and Kyle Fuller opposite him coming into his own a little bit, playing more consistently as of late, looking like a starting quality cornerback who is deserving of at least a modest contract this offseason entering for agency, and I think a ton of credit is deserved for Ed Donatel. He's done this before in San Francisco and in previous stops. One of the better defensive backs coaches in this league. Ryan Pace has put him through a lot of different players this, you know, in the past couple of years. A lot of turnover in the secondary. He gets these guys ready to go. He has young players playing uh, perhaps above where we all thought they would be, and he's got a couple different guys potentially making themselves a lot of future dollars with the way they've been playing this year, whether it's Amukamara on the one-year prove-it deal, Kyle Fuller entering free agency as well. Maybe we haven't seen it from Marcus Cooper, but they haven't needed to. This is a, a very, very strong secondary that has been a big part of this defense's success overall, and I credit that a lot to defensive backs coach Ed Donatel. And that's what makes him the midseason Chicago Bears coach of the year. The runner-up there for me is just simply Vic Fangio for the way that he's gotten this whole defense to play at a pretty high level. But I think a lot of that credit goes to Ed Donatel for that secondary. 
and and so that's why Donatel gets to take home the big chip, but certainly Vic Fangio deserves plenty of credit there as well. That concludes the traditional NFL awards here as part of this midseason Chicago Bears award show from MVP to the Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year. We've kind of hit the, the normal ones, but I wanted to take the time here to get a little bit creative and have a little bit of fun and give out some awards and maybe some not-so-positive awards of the ups and downs for the season, and I wanted to take it a step further and name these new awards after some recent Bears players. Hopefully this next stretch here is a good part of entertainment for you and just a, a, just a little different way of looking at how some of these players have have played and I hope it's not too cheesy for you here. I think it'll be entertaining. It'll be a good time. And at the very least, I hope that's what you've come to expect here on Locked on Bears. To kick things off, we will start with the Devin Hester Award, which goes out to the play of the year from the Chicago Bears this year. And this doesn't necessarily, you know, the most crucial play to their season, but perhaps just the most fun, the most entertaining, and the most exciting play from the Bears season, something we definitely came to expect from Devin Hester in Chicago. And so the 2017 Devin Hester Award for Play of the Year for the Chicago Bears in the first half of the season goes to the two-point conversion play against the Minnesota Vikings, where Mitchell Trubisky lined up under center. He handed it off to Jordan Howard, who handed it off to Zach Miller, who pitched it on the option back to Mitchell Trubisky for the two-point conversion. Obviously, that didn't result in a win, but that had to be, for me, the coolest and most exciting play from this Bears offense. It was creative. It was out of nowhere, although they had practiced it in training camp and we had been able to see that, but it was still something no one was expecting, you know, something with their rookie quarterback in his first career start, Zach Miller getting the ball for his hands, going for two, you know, this was something, usually a conservative offense, they were probably just going to hand it off. Instead, it's the trick play. It works to perfection. It went viral. It took the NFL by storm. And, and that was enough for me to give that play the Devin Hester Award for play of the year. I think the runner-up is Tariq Cohen's overtime run against the Pittsburgh Steelers where he was ruled that he stepped out of bounds after 36 yards, but it would have been the game-winning touchdown. He ended up cutting back across the middle of the field, made it a couple more guys miss, and would have been, again, an exciting game winner. Perhaps if that play had stood for a full touchdown, that might have taken the cake for me, but because he stepped out of bounds and didn't get the touchdown, that is your runner-up, and the Devin Hester Award goes to Dowell Loggins for that two-point conversion play. Next up is the opposite side of the spectrum, a much less positive award than the Devin Hester play of the year. We have the Chris Conti Award for Biggest Gaff of the Year. And this, this award goes out to the biggest, you know, bonehead, stupid play, the most embarrassing thing that happened to the Chicago Bears in the first half of the season. There were a lot of great candidates to pick from, and it was very hard to choose a winner. So really... All of the biggest gaffes of the year are winners in my book, but the actual Chris Conti Award for gaff of the first half of the year for the Chicago Bears goes to Marcus Cooper for his blocked field goal return in which he slowed up right before the goal line. 
had the ball knocked out of his hands for a fumble. The Bears ultimately recovered. Then a Charles Leno false start from the goal line forced the team, or at least made the team choose to take a field goal instead of what should have been an easy touchdown for Marcus Cooper following a huge play from Sherrick McManus. And that ultimately kind of ended up being some of the last we heard from Marcus Cooper. He did start the next game against Green Bay, but soon after that, Prince Amukamara was back and Marcus Cooper hasn't played a ton since. That gaffe certainly cost the Bears points in that game and ultimately, you know, wasn't a deciding factor, but could have made things quite a bit easier. Clearly the biggest bonehead play of the year and worthy of the Chris Conti award, but the runner-up, a very close second, was Mike Glennon against the Green Bay Packers. The knee punt, the snap off the knees, kicks it forward about five, seven yards. Packers recover. Just a, the the absolute epitome of Mike Glennon's four-game starting career. Close runner-up, but Marcus Cooper, in, in the spirit of the defensive back named award, Marcus Cooper gets the Chris Conti Award. Next, we move on to perhaps another award of infamy, but not one that is named after a player for a negative reason against them. We are now going to present the Johnny Knox Award for Worst Referee Call. This award is named after Johnny Knox because of the punt return touchdown trick play he and Devin Hester had way back in the day. I don't remember what year it was in particular, where Hester pretended to field it. Johnny Knox actually fielded it took it back for a touchdown, and it was called back for a holding penalty on a player who was not on the field. And I, I, anyone that's looked over the film, you can look across the board. You cannot find an instance of holding on that return, and it goes down as one of the worst referee calls in recent Chicago Bears history, taking back a touchdown from a beloved player on a beautiful designed special teams play. And so the Johnny Knox Award for Worst Referee Call here at the midseason point of the Chicago Bears season goes to Carl Sheffers, the referee who called the Zach Miller non-touchdown versus the New Orleans Saints on the play that injured his knee. I'm not one to particularly bag on or blame referees, but that play was a touchdown. Everyone in New Orleans thought it was a touchdown. Everybody on both sidelines were ready to kick the extra point. Everyone who's ever watched that replay, except for the NFL head of officiating and whoever looked it over in New York at the time, thinks that's a touchdown. It was not ruled a touchdown. Zach Miller did not get credit for that play that ultimately ended his season. Mitchell Trubisky thinks it's a touchdown. I mean, there is very little evidence to suggest that that was not a touchdown. Perhaps the camera angles weren't fantastic and the ball was covered up, but that should have been six points for this offense, could have potentially changed the outcome of the game. And so that is why referee Carl Sheffers and company receive the Johnny Knox Award for Worst Referee Call this season. Now we move to an award that is near and dear to my heart. It is the Thomas Jones Award for Best Newcomer. You might recall Thomas Jones joined the Bears back in 2004, I believe, in free agency coming in and being a fantastic running back, even once Cedric Benson was drafted. They ultimately moved on from Thomas Jones following the Super Bowl loss, and that move has irked me ever since. I am a huge Thomas Jones fan. I think he legitimately has some Hall of Fame candidacy 
a discussion. Not that he should necessarily be in the Hall of Fame, but statistically, he was one of the league's most consistent rushers while he was around. He's a lot higher on the all-time ranks than you would think, and I definitely am a big Thomas Jones fan, and so that's why this award for best newcomer comes to him and, and gets the name. That includes both players drafted and signed in free agency for these purposes. But this one player in particular, I think, has really stepped up this season in terms of the new face making a big impact. So the Thomas Jones Award for Best Newcomer of the first half of the Chicago Bears season goes to Prince Amukamara. I've raved about his play a few times on this podcast. He's the guy that you don't end up hearing his name a lot on game day, and that says so much about the cornerback position, the way he's been able to pretty well lock down his side of the field. He doesn't get targeted a lot, then therefore doesn't give up a lot of catches. You know, he'll get his one or two a game for 20 yards or whatever, but he's not giving up a lot of big plays. He's getting pass breakups. He's just doing a, a solid job of being physical at the line of scrimmage. Big Fangio has impressing a lot, as opposed to Kyle Fuller staying off the off the line of scrimmage a lot. You'll notice that frequently throughout the game, and Amukamara has thrived in his role the key for him has just been staying healthy, and now that he's been back the last few games, or the last handful of games now consistently, he has been just a solid, if understated, newcomer on this team, and that's why he gets the Thomas Jones Award for Best Newcomer. The Thomas Jones Award is juxtaposed here with the opposite, the Frank Omiel Award for Biggest Free Agent Bust is our next edition here. And this one maybe has the most obvious recipient of any of the awards. There have certainly been some uh, a handful of disappointments across the roster in terms of the free agents Ryan Pace brought in this offseason, but you playing along at home, you probably already know who the winner is. So without further ado, the Frank Omiel Award for Biggest Free Agent Bust of the first half of the season goes to Mike Glennon. I mean, who else could it go to? He has been just a, a disaster at the quarterback position. Only lasted four games after repeatedly talking about how this is his year and next year will be Trubisky. Came out in the first, or really his first throw in the preseason was an interception and came out against the Atlanta Falcons. Couldn't do a lot. Imploded against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we kind of knew that his days were numbered much earlier than they would have thought they would. And you kind of look back to the, the you know the, the person this is named after, Frank Omiel. He was signed to be a, an offensive line solution. He got a four-year deal at the time. Mike Glennon gets the three-year deal, even though one is only guaranteed. Gets a lot of money to come here and play quarterback and absolutely goes to the bank laughing, stealing perhaps money from this franchise with poor play. And that's what makes Mike Glennon the perfect recipient of the Frank O'Meal Award for Biggest Free Agent Bust. Next, we come back to another sort of underspoken award here. This one is the Nick Roach Award for Most Pleasant Surprise. And, and this award is named after Nick Roach because it always seemed like as much as he played third fiddle to Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher, even after Hunter Hillenmeyer left, it always seemed like Nick Roach got the job done. You know, he was never amazing, but he was rarely terrible. And he was always just sort of that pleasant surprise. It was like, oh, Nick Roach made a play. And it was nice to see him step up and at least be a positive contributor 
from underneath the shadow of two perennial Pro Bowlers and at least one future Hall of Famer. And so the 2017 midseason Nick Roach Award for the most pleasant surprise on the Bears so far goes to Kyle Fuller. And I didn't give Kyle Fuller the most improved player. He wasn't even a runner-up there. But I I feel like pleasant surprise, the Nick Roach Award, is the perfect way for me to describe Kyle Fuller this season. I don't believe he has been this stellar, shutdown, lockdown, reborn cornerback. But he has been a very pleasant surprise, especially in recent weeks. Stepping up, making plays on the ball, getting confident, more energetic. You know, he was jawing at Cam Newton. And, you know, it's really made up for perhaps a little bit of a slower start to the regular season sort of in that rotation. Maybe wasn't necessarily doing him a lot of favors, but he looks like a starting quality cornerback right now. And that has definitely been a pleasant surprise for this defense that I think very few people were expecting such a contribution from him. We're starting to wind down here, but we've got a few more awards to go. And this is another one that might make you cringe just a little bit. Next up is the Kellen Davis Award for Disappointment of the Year. And this goes to players who perhaps you've been wanting more from and that you expected more and you're kind of like, okay, where is it? And, and that was the case for Kellen Davis. He had the size and he had the athletic ability, but he just didn't have the hands. He dropped so many passes. He was just never, never not a disappointment. You just, uh, Kellen Davis is one of the most frustrating members of the Chicago Bears offense of the Lovey Smith era. And so he was the perfect name for this award, which again, has had some, some very strong candidates in the first half of the Chicago Bears season. It, it might surprise you here who the winner is because the second place guy, I think has a very strong case. They're all winners of the Kellen Davis award in my book, but the actual winner as voted by the Academy consisting of me for the Kellen Davis Award made up by me for disappointment of the year, parentheses, first half of the Chicago Bears 2017 season. The award goes to Cody Whitehair. And Whitehair was the guy last year, one of the most promising young centers, and he comes into 2017 and is just abysmal to start the year. Really just terrible through the first four games with Mike Glennon under center. Bad snaps, bad pass protection, not getting enough in the run blocking. Once Mitchell Trubisky took over, we started to see more consistency from Cody Whitehair, but it still took six, seven weeks before we saw the snapping issue really disappear or at least become much more manageable. And just now we're starting to see Cody Whitehair become that much less of a disappointment, but particularly because expectations were so high that this was maybe even a Pro Bowl potential year for the the stud in the middle of this offensive line and for him to come out and play as poorly as he did, that to me is worthy of the Kellen Davis Award for disappointment of the year, narrowly beating my runner-up, Kevin White, for another injury, uh, another lost season, potentially ending his career, and maybe Kevin White fits the Kellen Davis mold a little bit better just in terms of career arcs. But in terms of disappointment, I was more disappointed by Cody Whitehair than Kevin White, who at least Kevin hasn't proven a lot in the NFL level, whereas Cody Whitehair seemed to have proven a lot last year and is certainly disappointed from that. Kevin White kind of continues to disappoint 
at the same baseline level of already disappointment, and that's why this award is handed out to Cody Whitehair instead. Moving on next to a more positive award here, the Cornelius Washington Award for Second Half Sleeper. As we look ahead here, you know, Cornelius Washington was a guy who has come on strong in the past, late in years, looking like someone who, oh, next year, he's going to be a big part of this defense. And it never quite happened. And so I don't want that to be an omen for the player that wins this award because Cornelius Washington actually went on to Detroit this past year and has been playing well down there. So there's there's still that hope that second-half sleeper won't be an omen than anything else. But, you know, Cornelius Washington was a, a large fan favorite, continues to impress with his athletic ability. And so this award is looking ahead to who that could be in the second half of the season. And so the 2017 Cornelius Washington Award for second half sleeper for the Bears goes to Nick Kwiatkowski. And maybe this also described him last year, but we haven't gotten to see Kwiatkowski take that next step this year in large part due to injury. And now he seems to be back. He played a couple snaps against the New Orleans Saints, had the bye week here to recover. And now in theory, he should be ready to step back into the starting role to start the second half of the year, and perhaps he's been a little bit of the forgotten man at the inside linebacker position. That should change quickly as he gets more playing time. We saw playmaking ability as a rookie. He steps up and makes big plays against the run, and I'm looking forward to him stepping in next to Danny Trevathan in a much improved defense on the whole and continuing to build off of last year and make big plays in the second half of the year. My runner-up for that position is Daniel Brown at the tight end position, and I just want to emphasize again that I do think he is the tight end to look out for over Adam Shaheen. I'm putting my stake down on Daniel Brown to be a big offensive contributor here as Adam Shaheen continues to be more of a project and more of a development, but I do think Nick Kwiatkowski will have the larger impact in the starting lineup at inside linebacker and hopefully continue to build off of what he was able to do last year and prove himself to be an exciting young linebacker moving forward. I said it at the beginning of the show, but like all good award shows, or maybe maybe not good, but like most award shows, we are running a little bit long here. So we are going to wrap up with one last award that <laughs> might not be what you're thinking here. So this award, you know, this has been a Chicago Bears award show, but this one's going to go a slightly different direction. This will be the Shane McClellan Award for injuring Aaron Rodgers, which is awarded to Vikings outside linebacker Anthony Barr. And I know I know that's not a Chicago Bears award, but I think it deserves a lot of credit for how it's going to affect the future of the Chicago Bears season. You might recall back in 2013, Shane McClellan hit Aaron Rodgers on a hard sack, injured his shoulder, and knocked him out for the second half of the year. That is exactly what Anthony Barr did back uh, week five, I believe, when the Vikings played the Green Bay Packers. That was a huge favor to the Chicago Bears entering their week 10 game against the Green Bay Packers. And so we had to award the Shea McClellan Award for injuring Aaron Rodgers to Anthony Barr of the Vikings. I think many Bears fans are appreciative of the result of that play, even though no one wishes an injury on anyone, I would hope. It still is important for the future of the Chicago Bears as they head into Week 10 against the Green Bay Packers. 
that sets the stage here for tomorrow's Friday podcast previewing the Bears-Packers game. We will be joined by Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers. He also writes for SB Nation's Acme Packing Company, and he covers the NFL for FanRag Sports. You are not going to want to miss that podcast. We go through everything you need to know for the game, and Peter is a great resource on not only what Brett Hundley has been able to and been unable to do this year, but also how Dom Capers' defense has not been as effective as they would like to see. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you do not miss that episode or any of our future daily shows. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnBears, and you can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1 to keep up with everything we're going with there. All of our content can be found on www.LockedOnBears.com. You know, I lied. There is one last award here. It's the award, the Locked On Bears Award for Best Listeners. And you guessed it, it goes to you guys. I do this show for all of you, and I hope you enjoyed some of the more creative awards here. Hopefully it's the last time you have to hear the names Frank O'Meal and Kellen Davis in your life. But at the very least, I hope there were more laughs than cringes with some of those awards. And I hope you enjoyed the creativity That's why you guys get the award for best listeners, because really, Locked On Bears listeners always know how to bear down.